Arizona Sports Cardinals head coaching search update 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 getting to the point, Wolf, and I know we'll probably get more into this later on in the show. I'm starting to think it's going to be Aaron Glenn. Yeah, and as soon as I hear you say that, I, I oddly enough, I react favorably to Aaron Glenn, even though he's a first-time head coach. I love his brain, and I love his passion. I love those two things, and... I love the fact he comes from a culture-rich team in the Detroit Lions. I like that. Now, when I say I'm starting to think it's going to be Aaron Glenn, I mean, they have seven names out there. So if I'm giving Aaron Glenn like a 20% chance, that makes him the favorite. Uh, just to reset the names, Mike Kafka, Lou Anarumo, Brian Callahan, Brian Flores, Ajiro Evero, Aaron Glenn, and Vance Joseph. They could still talk to more guys. There was a, a piece out there, or just a tweet, it wasn't a story, by Josina Anderson yesterday that they are potentially going to meet with uh, with Aaron Glenn a second time, which is not something that's really happened a ton. This is um, from the Pivot podcast, October 3rd of this past season. It's Aaron Glenn on with Ryan Clark talking about Kyler Murray. Y'all remember the Arizona game, probably our best game of the year, right? Defensively, defensively man, we went after him. Right. I mean, I, I call cover zero more than I've ever called in my life because, listen, Kyle, I'm finna go at you, bro. Yeah. All right. I'm just telling you. Well, we know he's not studying anyway, so. Four hours a week. No doubt. That, that's a whole other side. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's so funny. Everything's funny when you're okay. not here. Okay, yes. And you played that because what? Because it just um, resurfaced again. Today. Because, of course, because we were talking about Aaron Glenn. Right now, the the beautiful part of the program that we want to talk about, what coach will get Kyler Murray right? That is the question right now. And that's where we sit right now. So when you think of the coach that will get Kyler Murray right, what's the first thought you have? Sean Payton. That is... <laughs> Do you want a second Sean answer? Payne. Brian Flores. And then Dan Quinn. And then Dan Quinn. Okay. That's because he'll get the rest of the team right around him. right now. But listen, the question is is the right question, Basin Orleans. That is the one you've got to ask, unless you're planning on trading Kyler Murray, and that's not going to happen. But notice what's inherent in that question. The assumption that Kyler Murray is currently wrong or needs fixing. That's what's inherent in that question. What coach will get Kyler Murray right in an offense that will evolve in 2023? That is by far and away the most important question. But notice that it gets lost. The assumption is Kyler Murray needs to be fixed when you say that. And that that brings me all the way back to my very first thoughts on this. Like weeks ago. Weeks and weeks ago, when Cliff Kingsbury was fired and the conversation began, who will the Arizona Cardinals hire to be their next head coach? And I said it at the time and believed it. We weren't getting a lot of names at that point in time, and I said it. My thoughts went to Kyler Murray first. Kyler Murray has got to believe that he needs to evolve as a player and needs to evolve as a quarterback and evolve this offense. He needs to believe that. And if he doesn't, it doesn't matter, Luke, who you bring in here. Doesn't matter. It's true. 
You saying that takes me back to my first thoughts at the start of all this. And it, it honestly, now I just have more questions. My first thought as the season was winding down was, if you're going to fire Cliff Kingsbury, go ahead, because this last season was miserable. It's not all his fault, but he was part of it. That's fine. If you're going to do that, have somebody lined up. Not, not that you're going to hire them the next day, but it's not like... <laughs> We're sitting here justifying, like, well, sometimes it takes four weeks to hire a coach. Yeah, and sometimes it takes two days to hire a coach. So I just would have liked them to have somebody in mind. We're going to fire Cliff Kingsbury, but we have this guy in mind, and we have this backup plan. And I'm sorry, right now it doesn't look like that's the case, because to answer your question, Wolf, who on this list is going to get Kyler Murray right? Yeah. Not only do we not know, there's no way for them to know, because these are all first-year head coaches right here. It raises another question. Why is Jim Harbaugh not even an option? Like, why is that not even being brought up? If you're going to cast the net all the way, cast it all the way to Harbaugh land. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, hear you say that, I laugh immediately. I know, you, you know knew why. you would, but also still. Because I, 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 think, I think Harbaugh, I, I, I don't think Harbaugh would actually take the job because he'd fight Kyler on day two. And I, well, think, Kyler, <laughs> I think Kyler would probably fight him day one. <laughs> Yeah, it would okay. be. It would. I bet that's just me looking at it from the outside, looking at it from the outside in, based on. But his, maybe they I, would going fight. To be a maybe they would fight on day one and day two, and then never again. That's, maybe they well, would be on the same page after that. Okay, I, I see where you're going with that one right there. I just don't think it, it would go very well. That that's just me. I could be wrong on that. But listen, I think with Kyler's rehab as well, it's an excellent opportunity for Kyler. To come to the waters, Basinonians, be water, as he likes to say. Where's a lot of t-shirts that say that, right? Be water. Allow himself to learn the game of football all over again. He can recommit himself to becoming the best cue that he can be. That has to happen first. Only then will the next head coach be able to improve Kyler's game. Only then. You're not going to be able to bring anybody in here to reach Kyler if Kyler doesn't believe he's got to grow and evolve and get better. Now, listen, I'm not just talking about as a as a person. I'm not just talking about as a player. He's got to rededicate himself to the craft of being a franchise quarterback. That's a lot of work you got to put into that. And that means as soon as we put you under center... We've got an awful lot to get done as well. That's where he's got to grow his game. Is he going to be willing to? He's the key to the Arizona Cardinals coaching search. It's um, the key. It's funny because anytime we talk about Kyler Murray right now, I feel like 40% of the Cardinals fans are like, no, he's the problem. Like he, he's a crybaby. I mean, you hear, how many times do you hear that? Well, he doesn't want, he doesn't, all he wants to do is play Call of Duty. All he wants to do is do that. This is, there's a reason the study clause was in there. He doesn't apply himself. Some of that, I mean, some of that he brought, he brought upon himself when he said he doesn't watch film before the study clause was ever even in there. Yeah. Uh, you know, you look at all the, the whispers from anonymous teammates or former teammates, like this guy's not a good leader or he got paid and he's not as good. That's like 40% of the Cardinals fans. And then there's like 40% of the Cardinals fans that are like, everybody's just blaming Kyler and none of it's his fault. Right. And then you have like the 20% in the middle that are like, can you just pick a good coach to fix this team, yes. please? And I was thinking about this driving in. <laughs> I used to think D.A. was the most polarizing athlete in Arizona sports history, probably, yes. unless I'm forgetting. I'm talking about just yeah. what they do for the team. I'm not talking about something happened off the court. It might be Kyler Murray. Like, we honestly are probably looking at the two most polarizing, like within this, this state or this fan base, 
Suns fans either love or hate Da. Cardinals fans either love or hate Kyler Murray. Yeah, it's, is that just because they were both the number one overall pick? What is this? Yeah, no, I, I think so. Uh, I, I think the you know they're different as well. Both those guys, I would say, they're a little they, different. They are. They are are different. They're special people, of course. Um, one of the things that came up yesterday to me, um, the story out there on coaches not wanting to take the Cardinals job because of Kyler Murray, right? That for me, based on needs, can I just say this quickly? You can find dissidents in any situation, in any circumstance. You can find dissidents, those that do not agree. I'm sure there are coaches who didn't want to coach Kyler Murray, or at least told people that when they got passed over. <laughs> but I, I don't care. That, that coach would never have been able to reach Kyler Murray to begin with. That's the problem. That's the issue. It's it's a situation. If in fact you believe, you know what? I I didn't want to go coach because of Kyler Murray. I didn't want to go coach him there. If you truly believe that, you would have never had the opportunity to reach him ever. I don't believe that about Kyler. I believe he can be reached. I believe that he can be taught. I believe that to the bottom of my bones. It's about finding the right dude. This Monday, listen for your name every day to qualify for your chance to win tickets to the Super Bowl. That's right. We're giving away Super Bowl tickets. Just text SUPER to 620-620 to register. And once you hear your name, call in within the time frame. You could be heading to Super Bowl 57. Plus, you're going to win tickets to the following events. The FanDuel Party, Bud Light Music Fest, and the Super Bowl Experience. All pretty cool. Text SUPER to 620-620. It's Arizona Sports All Access presented by Bud Light and FanDuel. All right. We come back. What does Kevin Ray want to see from the Suns tonight in terms of a bounce-back effort against the Celtics in Boston of all teams and places. We're going to ask the Suns broadcaster for Bally Sports next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Catch it in from the corner. Wolf and Luke. Brings the boom and catching bodies on his way to the rack. Suns, game day with K-Ray. I'm ready for whatever. Ready for whatever. Well, Suns looking for a bounce-back performance tonight. Not the easiest place in the world to get a bounce-back performance, Wolf, in Boston against the Celtics. But, hey, look, stranger things have happened. Joining us on the Arizona Sports Line right now is Kevin Ray of Bally Sports. It's game day with K-Ray. K-Ray, what's going on? What's happening, fellas? Not everything. Whole, yeah. Everything and nothing. Well, kind of. Yeah, it's a, it's a crazy <laughs> Friday, though. It really is okay. right now. How's Boston, my brother? Uh, well, it's it's a little cooler here. I think we're at uh, 15 degrees, and with the wind chill, <laughs> I don't know, maybe around 4. Oof. Let's just say it's not Barbados. Yeah, you're a long way from Barbados. It ain't, it ain't Barbados. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, let's let's uh, let's start with this game tonight, and let's, let's, um, let's start with the Celtics, actually. What I mean, obviously they have Jason Tatum and they have they have a good talented roster. But what do you see in them that might be similar to what we saw from the Suns during the regular season last year? Yeah, and it's interesting that you say that, Luke, because it's one of the things that I've been saying all season long is they they resemble the Suns team last season in the sense of their source of motivation and that motivation being the pain of, you know, losing an NBA finals. Um, and they have come out uh, intense, focused, 
um, and, you know, just, just played like that all season long. Um, and I think with them, you know, what, what is remarkable about it is, you know, they having done it under the circumstances that they did with a, a new head coach, uh, not a stranger, you know, not a guy coming into the organization for the first time, but, but a new head coach, the NBA's youngest head coach. And he's just done a remarkable job, and it speaks to the leadership that they've got and a team that is, you know, that is motivated to get back because they, like the Suns, felt like they, you know, they let a golden opportunity slip away. So remains to be seen on whether that, uh, whether that will be enough fuel in the tank for them uh, to return to the finals. But uh, it's a team you, you better be locked in and ready to play, especially here on their home floor. Kay, is this a situation where you're looking at DeAndre Ayton and saying this is a good matchup for DeAndre Ayton? Is this a game that you expect to see DeAndre Ayton come out and play and play well? Well, yeah. I mean, I, I expect it, and, you know, the, the Suns are going to have to have it. Uh, I mean, look, no, nobody played well against this team when they met back in early December. It was a game, unfortunately, that looked very similar to what we saw the other night. Um, the Suns could not hit a shot. Meanwhile, Boston was knocking down everything. But, you know, the, these are the moments, guys, that, uh, that that I and we have talked about with, with D.A. You, you know, when you know you're playing shorthanded and at least they've gotten you know a few bodies back with Chris and, and Cam Johnson but then this is why you're a max guy right this is why you want to be viewed as a you know as an all NBA performer these are the conversations that you know that Monty Williams has had with him so um, you know you're no longer a first or second year player man you you have to take it upon yourself to say I am going to go in and I'm going to own the paint and that won't be easy because Robert Williams, uh, one of the game's best shot blockers, and uh, he requires you to bring a level of force and physicality to yep. the floor. Talking to Kevin Ray of Bally Sports. Uh, Kay, I'm just doing the math quickly. I believe it is five times since December 23rd and four times since January 11th, three times since January 11th. The Suns have lost a game by 25 or more points. Now, I get it. They've turned a corner in there, and, and they've had a lot of injuries. And the game the other night, Atlanta was hitting all their threes. But there's also got to kind of be a little bit of a level of, in years past, they weren't losing games by 25 or 29 or 32 points. What is missing defensively in your mind? Well, and here's the funny thing, Luke. Like, and we had, we brought this point out the other night on the telecast. And obviously the, the, the floor fell out. Uh, but over the, the previous seven games, they had been one of the top defensive rated teams uh, in the league. And they look, they needed to be because this team has now gone 30 straight games without shooting better than 50% from the floor. Uh, now, now, mind you, that that's tough to do in today's NBA. Um, but the Suns, because of the, you know, turnstile with guys being in and out of the lineup, that has been a, a byproduct of that is not being able to shoot better than 50%. Uh, they flirted with better than 50% on a couple of occasions, but have not been able to reach that. And, you know, so that's why, that's why what made the other night so frustrating. Cause look, it was a three point game at the end of the first quarter. 
and then they just they 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 couldn't buy a bucket, and defensively uh, just couldn't get a stop. And to your point, Atlanta was knocking down every three that that they took. So defensively, I thought that they had been you know had had made some improvements, but their defense is going to get tested significantly tonight. Uh, it's going to get tested on the perimeter um, because you, you cannot allow, you know, the, the straight line drive. You can't allow the dribble penetration and the kicks without everybody communicating. And I think that's probably where some of the breakdowns have, have come, Luke, is just uh, communication. It's just guys not being in the right spot. And part of that speaks to different combinations being on the floor, but everybody's got to be locked in tonight um, to prevent the, the easy baskets and you got to do it without fouling. Uh, this is, this is the best free throw shooting team in the league. Jason Tatum gets to the line a ton. <clears throat> so like I say, you, you, you better bring the lunch pail and you better be ready to go to work uh, here tonight. Okay. Do you have any thoughts on Devin Booker and the all-star snub? I mean, look, it would have been great for, for Book to get selected. And, and, and I will say this, guys, there, there's still a chance that he could be when you consider we always see one or two uh, injury replacements. And, you know, when, when you look on the resume, and I know that's the kind of stuff that, that Book gets fueled by, but I think even he would say um, because of the, the number of games that he has missed – and the timing of those games being missed, you know, had, had played a large role in it. Now, people will say, yeah, but look at Zion. Zion's been out, and, and he's, you know, he was a starter. There's just some players uh, that, you know, fans are going to gravitate to and and vote for. And, you know, what I would just remind Suns fans is like, look, if you want your guy to be in there, you got to vote more. It's, I mean, it's as simple as that. So, uh, we, we can sit here and complain as, as Suns fans, but if the fans don't do their part, um, it, it, it does no good. So, you know, I would say maybe there's an outside chance that, that, that he could get in, but I think in the grand scheme, this might be the one season where Book says, I want to get healthy, I want to get right, and, and I want to help make our team right. I think that that's what he will look at that not going to Salt Lake City uh, for a few days will be. Kevin Ray of Bally Sports joining us right now. Game day with K-Race on Celtics tonight. K, uh, looking at Cam Johnson, he's been back now for, what, seven games? You would say four of them have been good to, to you know, close to great. But his last two have been rough. He's three of 16 from the field. And we played a clip from Monty Williams uh, talking after the Atlanta game of basically admitting they're kind of having a hard time trying to figure out how to manage his minutes as he works his way back from this lengthy injury but also still put him in the right situations where he can kind of get into a rhythm. Uh, how difficult do you think that is going? I don't think anybody's worried about Cam Johnson big picture, but it just to get him back on track when you're also trying to, to manage his minutes. Yeah. And, and look, it, it's, it, I'm glad Monty said it because it is difficult. Cause I, I'm, I'm sure that Suns fans were looking at like, wait a minute, what, why is Cam coming off the floor? Um, because he had been back, you know, for, for several games now, but this, you know, this speaks to kind of the, the larger issue guys. Um, and it's funny because it's kind of come more into the forefront over the last couple of weeks, but you know, the way teams, uh, owners, uh, general managers, um, 
view the players. And one of the reasons why, I mean, we've heard a couple players talk about the whole load management issue and just say, hey, look, don't don't look directly at just the player. Don't think it's just the players who are wanting to take a night off. It, it speaks to a bigger picture where you have owners who are trying to protect investments. And it comes at the expense of fans. And in this situation, you know, players and, and coaches trying to find a rhythm. Now, I'm not saying specifically that that's what this issue is with, with Cam, but it, it does, you know, kind of shine a light on what Monty tries to have to, to juggle with and deal with. And the same for Cam, you know, because if he kind of, if he gets off to a slow start, and all of a sudden he hit that minute threshold in the first quarter, well, you don't have a chance to, you know, to work yourself back out of it, you know, if you, if you missed your first four or five shots. And then you sit on the bench for 10, 15, 20 minutes, and then you got to come back in and, and try to restart the engine. So it's it's a juggling act that uh, that puts everybody in, uh, in kind of a rough spot. So hopefully, you know, Cam can take the floor tonight, hit a couple of early shots, get a rhythm, and feel better about the situation. Okay, with all the trade rumors that are out there right now. Um, I'm not talking about what the Suns would have to give up for for that trade to happen, but is there one player out there that you think would be a great fit for this Phoenix Suns team? And what player would that be? And again, I'm not talking about the compensation the Suns would have to give up, but what player would that be? Well, you know, the, the, the one name that has been relatively uh, steady and consistent in terms of, of, you know, being a fit with the Suns is, is that big wing there in the nation's capital. Uh, Coos, I believe he goes by. <laughs> so uh, that, you know, that, that is one guy that I think could, could move the meter in a big way because he's, he's a big stretch for, can run the floor, can rebound, uh, shoot the three, can put the, you know, put the rock on the floor, put pressure on defenses and just extremely versatile. So that is a guy that, uh, that I think would look pretty good in, uh, in, in orange and purple. And then there's a couple of guys that I know their names have been mentioned even earlier in the season that uh, that reside in Utah. Uh, last name Beasley, last name Vanderbilt. Uh, so those those are some of the pieces that I look look at and say, okay, those those could be difference makers. Those are the the type of pieces that can give you belief and confidence that this team can make a a run and a potential return to the NBA Finals. Okay, Ray, great stuff as always, man. We'll be uh, watching tonight. All right, boys. Take care. Have a good weekend. Thanks a lot. You too. That's Kevin Ray of Valley Sports joining us right there for game day with K. Ray on the Arizona Sports Line. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. When we come back, what kind of quarterback competition are we going to see in Tempe this season? Kenny Dillingham spoke to the media yesterday. We'll get you some of those thoughts next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. It's getting uh, intense in here, Wolf. We we usually turn on each other as a show around one o'clock. One that last hour, but uh, behind the scenes, we've already done it at eleven thirty. That's that's what the one o'clock hour should be. The first segment, the turning point. 
It just is. We'll just call it the turning point. We don't have to call it that. <laughs> Pretty consistently, especially on Fridays, we all just turn on each other. This is where we just start turning on each other because we know it doesn't matter. We got an hour left and here comes the weekend. Nobody has feelings when there's only an hour left work of pick the work your, week. Pick yourself off the ground, would you please? It's easy to okay. pick yourself off the ground when you know you got two days off coming up. Uh, all right. Um, here's the quarterback, and maybe I'm forgetting. Getting somebody. This might not be the whole thing, but here's some of the quarterbacks that the uh, the Sun Devils have right now. Okay, Jaden Rashada, yeah, Drew Pine, Notre Dame had a pretty good year with Notre Dame last okay. year. Trenton Borgay had you know up and down, but he was also hurt at the end of the season. But just yeah. his story for ASU last year. Jacob Conover, Dalen McLemore, Bennett Meredith. Okay, that's a lot of quarterbacks. Yeah. I'm pretty sure you can only play one. Um, that's like the sort of lineup the 49ers needed this year. They needed to have a sixth string quarterback on their roster, but uh, they didn't. But if you're the Sun Devils, you're. This is life in 2023 in college football. You know you're not keeping all those guys. No. Now we had the the clip of Kenny Dillingham the other day when he was on with Burns and Gambo saying it's irresponsible basically to to make promises to these kids when you recruit them because. No matter what, they can't all start. So then at some point, you're going to end up looking like a liar. And even if they do start, he said, like, that's not the way he wants to do things. Well, he spoke just to the media in general yesterday. And uh, I'm just going to fire off some. I'm going to start with the quarterback competition because that's where everybody's looking right now. Yeah, we have five guys who can really compete for the starting job, right? Every I, I haven't seen any of these guys throw. And people will, you know, oh, that's just tongue in cheek. That's what you have to say as a coach. It's not. Everybody who steps foot on the field is going to get an opportunity because guess what? I'm at my dream job. I want to see the best player play because that's going to help me win and it's going to help me be here for 30 years. Uh, so what we're looking for, we're looking for guys to come in, have a mindset to learn, to grow, to listen. Right? Don't make the same mistake twice. That's it. Don't make the same mistake twice. And that includes somebody else's mistake. You might, you might not get the rep. But you heard me coach somebody else. You coach Coach Baldwin, coach somebody else. Did you learn from that rep, and did you grow? And that's what we're looking for. Yeah, you know, that's going to be what every coach is going to be looking for out of not just quarterbacks, but every player that is out there. When we coach you up, did you take it to heart? Did you learn, and did you grow? Are you going to get better? It's, it's a simple answer. For any player, I think, that is out there right now, it's going to be hyper-competitive. If you're, if you're trying to be the next quarterback for the Sun Devils, get ready for spring ball. And that's going to be the deciding factor right there. And then you know what's going to happen after that. People are going to run because that's college football today. Yeah, but you know it going in. I was talking when Howard Balzer was in here yesterday. One of the things that, and I'm not, I'm not guaranteeing this is a positive with Kenny Dillingham. We have to see how it plays out. But I, I think there is a benefit to having somebody who wants to be innovative and is embracing the era that he's coaching in, like Kenny Dillingham. And I know it's the exact opposite of, of you know, by the time Herm left and that coaching staff, they were just like, we're just not going to recruit and we'll just see what happens. And <laughs> we saw what happened. Uh, but he is well aware he's bringing in these quarterbacks. He's bringing in a Jaden Rashada. And if somebody, if Drew Pine wins the starting quarterback competition, maybe Jaden Rashada isn't here. You know, maybe he never plays a down for ASU. That's entirely possible. But Kenny Dillingham's aware of it and he is embracing Embracing it, and I think just yeah. the fact that he is thinking that way is a good step. Jaden Rashad is not coming to Tempe to be the second team quarterback. 
No, but he's, if, he's if you not believe Kenny Dillingham, he was not promised that he's going to be the starter either. Yeah, I'm not saying that he was promised or not. Um, I'm just saying Jaden Rashad is not coming here to be the backup quarterback. They'll give him the opportunity to go out and compete. Um, I have no idea what kind of deal they've come to with Jaden Rashada. Um, I don't, in terms of NIL, of course. Supposedly I no, nothing yet, but yeah. I, right, I have but, no but idea what, what that, that entails. But having said that right now, Jaden Rashada did not leave Florida to come here to be the number two quarterback. Now that, that is, again, that's a simple statement, but that's what's inherently wrong with what is going on in college football right now. It's just wrong. Because that guy right now um, has got a leg up on anybody else. It is wrong. Without taking one snap. And you and I can sit here and say it's wrong and because it is, but Kenny Dillingham really can't. And I feel like that's sort of the, the trap ASU fell into over the last year. They were like, well, this isn't fair. We don't want to play by these rules. All right, well, you're just going to get passed by everybody in college football. Whereas, that's exactly right. Because the other part of that, and I think we all want to see Rashada start because of the upside, and it's it's enticing. The other part is Drew Pine probably didn't come here to be the backup. Yeah. So if Rashada starts, Drew Pine's probably not going to be here. I mean, I'm, I'm just using maybe he maybe he's cool with it. Maybe you know the backup in college football, but I'm, somebody on this team's going to leave because they have too many good quarterbacks. Somebody on this team is going to leave. I'm glad you said that right there. Do you know how inherently flawed all of that is? See, this is what angers me about college football. Well, it's a joke. Kenny Dillingham is doing exactly what he should be doing. Ladies and gentlemen, hear me well on that. Heed my words and hear me well. He's doing exactly what he should be doing in the current paradigm right now that is college football. But it sucks buttermilk. It does. This 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 cannot stand. Everybody knows the best players play, right? You compete for a job and the best player plays. How do you even coach a kid anymore? If he's coming here with the understanding, hey, you know what? You're going to have an opportunity to compete. You're going to have an opportunity to compete. We're going to give you that opportunity, and we're going to do that, and yet the kid never really gets that opportunity to compete. It always used to be a situation, even though you recruited kids, and yeah, they came here, and they had a lot of cred. They were coming a nice pedigree from whatever high school they were coming. You just knew you were going to get the opportunity to compete against a kid. And guess what? The better player, the vast majority, not all the time, but the vast majority of the time was going to play. The better player was going to play. You know what? In today's world, in today's college football, that's not the way it is. It's not, and I hate it as well, but what I what I like about Dillingham is when a guy leaves, he's not going to be like, oh, I didn't see this coming. I guess we'll just fold the program for a year because that's yeah. sort of seems no, to be I, what ASU I'm, did I'm last year. I'm with you on that. Kenny Dillingham is doing exactly what he should be doing within this paradigm, but this paradigm cannot stand because it sucks buttermilk. One more real quick on what makes Rashad a good quarterback. He's just a great person. Uh, you know, you get caught up in, you know, media is media. Y'all are part of the media. So, uh, you know, the narrative is the narrative is the narrative is what sells. And I think sometimes when you get caught up in a narrative that's fun to write about, you know, your name can get put in ways that it shouldn't. And this is a really, really good kid 
who wanted to be a, an Arizona State Sun Devil, whose dad played at Arizona State, who grew up wearing jerseys, who wrote his dad, drew a picture and gave it to his dad when he was eight years old of him playing uh, at Sun Devil Stadium. It was in pencil. He showed it to me. This is a kid who gets to live out his dream, and that's pretty special. Tell you what, next year could be a lot of fun. Sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun at ASU. It wasn't very much fun last year. That's never how it was described, other than just, hey, it's fun to go to a college football game. But the actual games were not a lot of fun outside of that Washington game. Fix college football, please. When we come back, this year's Super Bowl, is it all about the quarterback? Oh, this is a segment you're going to love, Wolf. Just is it all about the quarterback? It could be. Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, and the ramifications beyond just next week's game. That's next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, Wolf, you know what we really haven't talked much about today? The Super Bowl. Okay. And I get it. It's two weeks. You know, how are you going to break down a game for two weeks? No, okay. It's, it's a little extreme before it actually happens. We could happens. try, though, I, could, guess. I guess. That'd be fun. <laughs> Fortunately, we have a billion different Suns trade possibilities. And, oh, by the way, the new owner getting introduced next week. Let's not forget about that. And, oh, by the way, Devin Booker should be coming back next week. Let's not forget about that. And then you have all the coaching stuff, too. Let's get into the Super Bowl a little bit, though. you got Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts as your starting point. And... I'm not going to hold you to this until That's next correct. week, but but do you have a leaning yet where you're kind of leaning in this in this game? It's not like your official prediction. I, I we'll do, do that no, next week. No, right, exactly. I do. I, I oscillate back and forth. Um, I, I think the Philadelphia Eagles have a better roster than the Kansas City Chiefs, and I think the Kansas City Chiefs have a better quarterback. Yeah. In Patrick Mahomes, that's not going to shock anybody, and that's not a sl- that's not smearing Jalen Hurts at all. That I don't mean to attack him in any way, shape, or form. I love the kid, um, but I think Pat Mahomes is the better quarterback. So where is this going to go? I I don't know because when you look at the Eagles, their huge strength defensively, it's pass defense. Mm-hmm. That's that's what they do. They invite the Kansas City Chiefs to throw the ball, and that sounds say that out loud. That sounds weird, doesn't it? It doesn't sound like a good strategy against the Chiefs. <laughs> You know, it just gut feeling, and again, we'll do our official predictions next week when everybody else on the planet does theirs too. But I tell you, just as we're kind of talking, and and you know, you hear stuff, and you see stuff on TV, and you hear stuff sort of behind the scenes, and you just just watching the games all year, it does, it does sort of feel like the sort of game Philadelphia wins, and you you never have success picking against Patrick Mahomes and i say this certainly Patrick Mahomes could absolutely so go out there and win the game single-handedly he 100% could and i do kind of wonder what philadelphia is going to be like early in this game because mahomes and most of these chiefs have been to the super bowl most of these eagles haven't been to the super bowl but beyond that wolf i would say this the eagles path to the super bowl was bye week and they earned this bye week a giants team that wasn't prepared which is surprising to me with Brian Dable. And in the San Francisco team, didn't have a quarterback. So you're going to go from playing a team that literally didn't have a quarterback to facing Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl? I'm guessing there's going to be 
a few series where the Eagles sort of have to to readjust to, oh yeah, we're it's not that the other team is just going to run on every play and we know what's coming. And we have a good defense, but we're going to look like the 85 Bears because we know they're running up the middle on every play. No, now you're going up against Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. So I do wonder if the Chiefs could jump on them early. If you know, Then they obviously have a pretty good chance. It just sort of feels like what you said, top to bottom, Philadelphia has the better team. They've got the better team, I think. And again, Pat Mahomes is a better quarterback in this matchup. And so much of the time, that is the deciding factor. They, You just look at Patrick Mahomes and what he's been able to do. Um, for me, this Philadelphia Eagles defense is so good against the Pat. I I looked at the Warrior Queen last night. We were talking about it. And I said they're inviting Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs to throw the ball. The 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 realization of that shocked me. <laughs> to say it out loud, you're talking about Pat Mahomes, man, and we are inviting you, Pat Mahomes, to throw the ball. <laughs> You're talking about the number one pass defense in the National Football League. Number one in passing yards per game allowed. Number one in passing yards per play allowed. (laughs) You put those two together, you are rock solid when it comes to the pass. Okay? Uh, As a matter of fact, getting to the quarterback. Nobody gets to the quarterback more than the Philadelphia Eagles. Number one in sacks per attempt. Number six in interception ratio number six is it you just put the pieces together with the philadelphia eagles and you can see it throw the ball baby that's what we want you to do throw the ball and i don't think kansas city is a good enough rushing team running team to actually exploit the one weakness i see on the philadelphia eagles and that is their rush defense when you run it at them you could make a case that the eagles have not really played a meaningful, competitive game since November 27th against Green Bay. Now, I admit that it goes out the window if they come out and score first or they look good. Right? I'm just trying to figure out ways the Chiefs could get to them early in the game. I mean, you go back. I mean, the game last week was not competitive. The game the week before wasn't competitive. The Eagles give them credit, and they're in the NFC where having the number one seed is an easier path than having the number one seed in the AFC. But that's why you play for the number one seed. So you get the first week off, and you play the worst team in the second round. You don't expect to play a team without a quarterback in the third round, but they did, and they took care of business. But I just I wonder what that that sort of shock value is going to be from kind of playing nobody, and you know last the last few weeks of the regular season the game's not mattering and Jalen Hurts not even playing in a few of them to okay it's the Super Bowl and here's Patrick Mahomes and Mahomes by the way only has only in quotes one Super Bowl when you think of Patrick Mahomes you're like man the guy's he's there every year he's got like three by now right yeah uh, here's Nick Sirianni talking yesterday about how he wants his team to approach this game this is the biggest game of in football we all know that like there's there's it's the biggest game as the Super Bowl right it's the biggest game that anybody will ever play in football we understand that but when you start treating these games differently that's when there's mistakes happen that's when you know, you don't stick to the process of who you are and your um, your identity as a team, your fundamentals, right? All the things we've been talking about all year. Boy, I love that right there. The fundamentals, who you are as a team, what your culture is. Isn't that right, Nick? That's what it is. It's what your culture is. And you're going to rely on that. I love the thought 
Everyone knows how huge this game is. Everyone knows it's it's the Super Bowl. We all understand that. But he's trying to get his guys to see it as just another game that has been around the game of football for a long, long time. It's one thing to say it based on onions. It's another thing to actually be able to execute that. Well, and it's it's smart for a few reasons. I mean, there's the obvious reasons, but then there is if you go down... If you go down a checklist and you're like, okay, where do the Eagles have the advantage? Where do the Chiefs have the advantage? But the Chiefs have the advantage at quarterback, and you know Jalen Hurts is pretty good, so it's not like a huge. It's it's big because it's Mahomes, right? And you, and on any given game that he might just win it by himself. If you're the Eagles, you better not keep this game close. Like you better you better be up by double digits in the fourth quarter because if it's close, Mahomes will bring him back. But your other advantage is if you're if you're the Chiefs on paper. I mean, you got Kelsey. They don't have Travis Kelsey. They have Dallas Goddard's decent, uh, but they have experience in the Super Bowl, and the Eagles don't. And so that's why Nick Sirianni's like, "Hey, man, let's let's not get overwhelmed here by the moment. Let's not get overwhelmed by the fact that there's a two week break before this game. That it's in Arizona. It's not at our home stadium, and we're playing the Chiefs. Like, and all the glamour that's going to come with that, because that's an an advantage the Chiefs have if the Eagles aren't careful." No, you're, you're right about that. Um, I honestly think the Philadelphia Eagles are going to be able to run the ball, though. I think they're going to be able to run. Hey, I, the more and more I talk about it and say this stuff out loud, I think the Philadelphia Eagles are going to win. I think they're going to win. That's uh, now I can change my mind. You got right? a week. You still got, got a week, a week yeah. where I can still do it. I'm working my way through this right now. But just watching the Philadelphia Eagles and knowing how good their offensive line is. And knowing the Kansas City Chiefs, at least historically, now I think they were much better. I think they were much better this year in terms of stopping the run than they have been in the past. But their defense has always been a little suspicious. And because of that, I do believe the Philadelphia Eagles, with that offensive line and all of that rock-solid talent right now. Yeah, Pat Mahomes Pat Mahomes is going to have to score 38 to win the game. You can see how the narrative is going to, people are going to overreact to if Philadelphia wins, and it's going to be like, oh, Jalen Hurts, he's the best quarterback in the league now. Because he's already probably, what, top five, four or five, depending where you, I guess if he wins, you maybe put ahead a Josh Allen, I guess. But people are going to overreact and say it's him over Mahomes. Yeah, if, I'm not if, going no, to. No, I'm not either. No. No, it's, it's still Mahomes, and I would say Burrow, and then Allen and Hurts right there. Um the reason you don't have to make your prediction yet He'll is He'll be the best two-way quarterback in the league. The best quarterback in the NFC. That's, that's right? There's not, who's really yeah. the competition right now? Right. Let me think about that. Well, you got this <clears throat> up. The reason you don't have to uh, make a prediction yet is because when we make our predictions next week, you're going to have to give me your score. You're going to have to give me Super Bowl MVP. You're going to have to give me, like, first touchdown score. We're going to go all in on the predictions next <laughs> right. week because I know you love that so much. Coming up next, we're going to take you through the top stories of the day with Wolf and Down Your Lunch. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.